Hello and welcome to day 11 of Podmas. If you're not sure what Podmas is, it is 25 days of us. From 1st December to 25th of December, we do a podcast every single day. I say podcast, it tends to be a little bit shorter. Yesterday was only about three minutes because we're crying our eyes out. My name is Al. I'm Leanne. Married couple, traveling for 10 years. We've been professionally homeless for about five years. Mm -hmm. Currently in Split in Croatia. So if you're in Split in Croatia, noise us up. Yeah, let us know. Go get a beer or a coffee Lovely or something. Lovely weather we're having. <laughs> Do you know what? One of the things that actually is funny is that um, I hadn't realised, things you didn't realise before you started travelling, is that the weather in Europe, particularly sort of like central to southern, mm -hmm. is so dramatic. Mm -hmm. They love to make a scene, don't they? Yeah, and it's changeable. It's very changeable. And I, I really still can't get used to having like thunder and lightning storms in like November and December. Something I always associated with either summer or being in like a hot climate. That's true. It's just weird. I think it's really weird. It is. When we were in Bali, there was like the most dramatic, like it could be beautiful sunshine at one o'clock and then at five past one, it would be absolutely fucking it down. Mm -hmm. Thunder, lightning, and then by about half past one, it's all dry again. It was it was a very strange situation. But but you're right. I think I remember when I was a kid, a lot of the a lot of the times you get thunder and lightning, as you say, would be middle of summer where where your mother would go oh we need it we, we need, need it. a storm we need it it needs to break what, what was the particular phrase they used to say needs to clear the air yeah clear the air oh we need it oh we, we need, need it, it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um so um so yeah it is kind of strange in split it's rained it seems for about two weeks it's probably it's probably rained every day for two weeks but at yeah. some point during that day but it's not rained continuously um and it does make you a little bit down doesn't it it does if you want rain every day, you just go back to Manchester, don't you? You do. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are talking, well, continuing our theme with um, things that we wish we knew before we started traveling or working abroad or living abroad, the catchiest title ever. And we are, we're going back to the guys we spoke to back on uh, day seven, eight, I think it was, which is Monica and Nathan. Austin. Austin. Austin, I'm so sorry. I've got this mental block about your name. I don't know. I called you Daniel before. I called you Nathan. So this is Fred and Monica. <laughs> <laughs> now, they are a lovely couple. They've got a fantastic Instagram. Um, it's just, they've got a great handle as well. Austin and Monica, just one word. That's brilliant. Then Austin and Monica underscore 953. Do you know what really gets gets on my tits? Mm. Is when people people go on Instagram and they've got this Instagram account that basically looks like it's what Instagram has, has, has given it to them when they first signed up so you say what's your name it is dave jones so you go dave jones one nine four three four 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 three and i'm like can you not come up with something a bit more original yeah it's like back in the day you used to have like leo underscore 1984 <laughs> <laughs> you can always tell if someone's on aol there's almost almost guaranteed an aol email address they're almost guaranteed to have their email have their uh, date of birth in there anyway so we are going to listen to fred and audrey um, obviously Austin and Monica um, and they're going to tell us the thing that they didn't know before they started traveling um, but yeah I really enjoyed the episode and I'm sorry we didn't get back to you before you guys recorded but um, yeah it just got me thinking about um, when my wife and I started traveling I don't think we realized how often we'd have to explain to our friends and our family like why why we choose to travel um, I don't think we understood how hard it would be for them 
for us not to be living in the same places they are. And how much work, like you guys talk about how much work it is to keep up with friends and family from back home. And um, we just didn't really know that we'd have to explain ourselves so much. Um, anyway, I don't know exactly how to articulate this thought super well, but I hope you are kind of understanding the gist of what I'm trying to say. Um, that we we wish we had had um, understood what it would mean for our friends and families for us to be traveling so much. Um, and to have a good way to explain it easily and articulately to them, which obviously we're still working on that part. But um, anyway, we, yeah, we, so we have our own podcast as well. Um, <clears throat> we are trying to help us. We're trying to focus on couples who are traveling, which is actually how we found your podcast. We were searching for other people who, who are couples who travel together. Um, and we really just want to help um, people grow in their relationship through traveling and exploring the world and, and building deeper connections with others. So that's kind of the purpose behind what we do. I think you did articulate that very well, Austin. I mm -hmm. remember, I remember those times. Well, I do. We, yeah. Yeah. The usual comments of, um, how long are you going to be doing this for? Why are you traveling instead of having a, a fixed base? Um, is it sustainable? Mm -hmm. How do you make money? Um, how can you afford it? Um, does it feel like you're on holiday all the time? That's a big one. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it's definitely something that we we experienced a lot. And it is hard to, to articulate a reason why. Because often there isn't really a big reason why. It's just because we can and we want to. Um, and we're very privileged to be in a position where we we can. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess it's understandable. People are curious. People want to know. Maybe less so now than when we started. What five six years ago? Um, like nomading. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it, it, it's it's a curious subject. People are interested. They are, and I think. Well, some of them are interested, and I think some people are some people are jealous because they think that this is like, you know, the grass is always greener. Mm. And they think that, oh, well, it must be amazing to live somewhere where it's where it's sunny all the time. And yes, for probably nine months of the year in Split in Croatia, it is sunny. But then for like three months of the year, it's pissing it down. There's thunder. You can probably hear our dog outside mm. the door. We've locked him out at the moment while we record this. And there's thunder going on. And the poor little fella's terrified. And he just wants to come in and get a cuddle from, from Leanne uh, to tell him everything's all right. So maybe you should let him in. Okay, I'll be BRB. <clears throat> While has gone letting the dog in, so you can hear a tip tap on his on the floor with his little claws. Um, I think part of it is potentially that they are jealous. Part of it is that um, they're envious, which I, I think are two different two different emotions. But also, I think part of it is just because it is quite it is quite a foreign thing to go. I am professionally homeless. I don't have somewhere that we live because. The questions they'll go, well, how do you cook? Um, you know, like when we go to a new place, one of the things we always do is we put aside um, probably about 500 to 1,000 euros. Um, thanks for that uh, like that stand noise. Sorry, you? I had to settle myself back in. <laughs> Dogs in, in the recording studio, which is basically our spare bedroom. Um, now, so you'll probably hear him, uh, hear him whining a little bit. But I think that um, a lot of people just don't understand it. Thank you, Peanut. A lot of people just don't understand it because their life is so different. They're like, you know, they've had the same things in their kitchen and they collect every year little gadgets they put in the kitchen. Everything we buy, we have to think it is either going to fit in our car or it's going to go in the bin. 
Mm. And that's basically it. And I think that is quite a strange, I mean, we look around now, we've got a bookshelf behind us. If you ever see any of our videos or Zoom calls or whatever, you'll see there's a lovely bookshelf behind you with all the books. I'm pretty sure we won't be able to fit all those books in the car. One thing's for certain, that bookshelf is going in the bin and it'll only be five months old. Um, And so it is a different way of living and there's lots of sacrifices. There are, there are, and I I think it it really hit me how transient our life is and has been for some time. I know we've talked about this before in the podcast, but when we went to empty our storage unit in Spain over the summer, and it was it was the most depressing time capsule mm. you could imagine because it's kind of like this is what you, the life you used to have this is yep, what yep. you could have won and it was really sad because all these things that you'd treasured enough to put in storage i mean don't get me wrong there's a lot of shit in there as well which is a lesson <laughs> for people who just you know continue to hold on to shit um but lots of things that we love like loads of cookbooks and loads of like business books and marketing books and things that we would never would have thrown away ever if we we had a fixed home but but that we had to part with it's it is it is kind of sad and i think because of that understandably people question why you'd want to give that life up And I think as well that, and you know, we're the honest guide, there are times where you really have to ask yourself, why are we giving this up? And there are going to be days where you're going to question that really seriously. And we've definitely had some over the years. I've probably had more in the last six months Mm -hmm. than I have for a while. We were just talking today about how it might be time to get like a long-term route to residency visa. Mm -hmm. Um, It's interesting how long you can do it. I don't know. We're, we're, We're what? We're five years now being as you say professionally homeless i think i'm starting to get a bit bored of it simply because it's it's not so much the moving around it's and especially since fucking brexit mm. it's the added logistical headache that comes with it it's not like before it was like oh we can go here for six months and stay and that's fine then we'll go here it's, it's now you have to really plan it and think ahead and and that's tricky when you're used to living a very transient lifestyle where you just go anywhere that's the excitement of it and I think now for me, now there's constraints on that excitement and probably because I'm getting older as well and we're running out of places to go in Europe. We've seen most of them. Um, yeah, I must admit I'm getting itchy to the point of, of wanting to to maybe have a bit of a base. But I think, mean, as you say, there was almost five years of living in Spain and then five years of travelling around now, professionally homeless. Then I think that the itch we felt... Back in 2011, when we first started planning this, left the UK in 2013. The itch we felt then was for adventure, for a change of scenery. And we've had that. So previous to that, we lived together 2000. We had only lived together three or four years, didn't we? Yeah. Not not that long. But we both lived in Manchester for about 10 years. So kind of, I wonder if it is a 10-year cycle that... That we had 10 years in Manchester and we were itching to get out there and 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 see the rest of the world. We went and did that. And now we've had 10 years of going and seeing the rest of the world. Don't, don't get me wrong. We've only been to like, you know, I say 46 countries, but that's not difficult to do when you go like east for three months and you go to India and Cambodia and Laos and all those other places. Uh, Laos, Laos, Laos. I never know how to say that place. Um, Probably I shouldn't mention it. Um, But so I think maybe we are just getting itchy for the stuff that other people have that we don't, that maybe we felt the same way previously. Maybe. 
maybe and I think there's definitely going to be parts of us who will always want to travel and if we do get a base and and we say this we still have no intention of going back to the UK mm-hmm. talking about settling somewhere else in Europe um but I think that's it isn't it and I think <clears throat> one of the things the questions to go back to Austin and, and Monica's point one of the things that I struggled to answer was kind of that, how long are you going to do this for? How long are you going to travel for? Mm-hmm. Like, when are you going to settle down? When are you going to come home? And I think it's one of those, it's such a difficult question to answer because I don't think we really knew. No. Like, I think when we first moved to Spain, I was like, I don't know, maybe two, three years. When we started traveling, I don't know, maybe another 12 months. Mm-hmm. And things just kind of roll. And I think it's similar to kind of saying to somebody, you know, how long are you going to stay in your job? How yeah. long are you staying in your yeah. house? When are you going to have kids? Yeah. Like there's all these questions. Like, I, don't, I don't know. I'm going to do what feels right for me right now and what's working for my lifestyle and our relationship. And But yeah, they're, they're hard questions to answer. And I guess the only thing I would say, and I reflected on on your point, Austin, because I think you did articulate it well. It took me right back to the times where we were being constantly questioned. And it reminded me of the time when we, because we were married, what, about, five years before we started traveling like started nomading and those i think we were 2012 and then we started nomading oh so you're talking about our our journey is like we were in spain for four years then we nomaded from seven two thousand yes we got married in 2012 we moved to spain 2013 and we started nomading in 2017 got it nomad being no literally no no fixed abode okay and I think the first five years, the constant questions were, when are you going to have kids? Which in itself mm. is a discussion. You should never ask anyone that question. One, it's none of your fucking business. Two, you don't know what their situation is. They might be trying going through a really challenging fertility journey. So it's just a shitty question. Don't ask that question. Um, unless, of course, you know you're very close. But you know what I mean? Just to somebody around you. Know, anyway, different topic for a different day. <laughs> but I think, yeah, the first five years was when you're going to have kids. But the second five years was when are you going to settle down? And I think that what broke that routine in terms of asking us how long we're going to travel for, what, what's going on, the thing that broke that was COVID. And yeah. I remember being on like, you know, like the pub quiz calls that we all had during COVID. Oh, yeah. On a Zoom with friends. And and one of our friends kind of saying to us, oh, yeah, the UK government just said that like any, any like UK nationals that are abroad should come back. And I was like, yeah, but we've not and this is what 2020 mm-hmm. i was like yeah but we've not lived in the case since 2013 where are we going back to <laughs> and she's like oh yeah yeah i guess so and i think that for me the questions seem to stop because i think if, if if a global pandemic doesn't take you back to your home country yeah. probably there's not much that will yeah. and i must admit it's almost it's almost a bit sadder now that we don't get asked those questions because it's kind of like those ties or those possibilities of, it just seems quite final. Do you know what I mean? That it's now you're no longer being asked the questions. It's almost like people have realized that you now live in a different life and a different world that it's not quite segregating about, it, I think. I don't know. I just feel that it's, I, I guess looking back, I'm like, I'd, I'd what, I think I'd, I'd rather have those questions than not, because I guess maybe people are still hoping we come back, whereas now they're just like, ah, oh, yeah, fuck you. You say that, but those questions used to really annoy you. I know. And so, so I think you just want the best of all worlds. You want people to miss you, but then not bust your balls about. Of course, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Leah, Princess Leah, that's what we're going to call you on this podcast. But you know what I'm saying, though? I do. That- I do. So is that a sadness that you have? I mean, fair enough, 10 years on. 
But that confirmation when people stop asking those questions that that life is gone. Leanne, as you know, is a business psychologist and she taught me this five stages of grieving. Yeah, and I kind of feel that friends and family have almost like not making this about us and saying that we're amazing and we, you know, people are grieving us. But I do, I do feel that there is a kind of five stages of when you move away with your family. And what, what just, just run us through quickly those five stages. So denial. Oh, they'll be back soon. They're just having an adventure. Yeah. Um, anger. Did we experience any anger? I, I guess maybe more aggressive types of questions. Passive aggressive. Is it sustainable? Yes. And, um, How do you make money? Yes. Or, or, yeah. <laughs> People who are just, yeah. I think it was anger. Yeah. What's next? Bargaining. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess, you know, we could come and see you for a little bit and you and your yeah. course will be home at Christmas. And what have we met here? Or yeah. And I think particularly from our perspective as well, we were very much, the number of holidays that we crashed of our friends. That's God true. bless them. They couldn't go anywhere in, in Europe without us going, hi. <laughs> well, you say Europe. Europe, yeah. <laughs> we, we met some, some friends went on holiday in Goa and we were like, yeah, yeah, we're in India. We'll come and see you. We're close enough. We're in Malaysia. It's not that far. <laughs> so it was, so there was a bargaining and then. Um, Depression. And and I think that, yeah, we both had that. And I think we've both felt that is that, you know, our families are going, oh, I wish you were here. Like particularly the last, this is the third Christmas we've not been back mm-hmm. to our home country. Um, and the second one, and the first and second one, I think there was, I don't want to say depression because that sounds quite dramatic. But there I was, think everyone was depressed yeah, over the last couple right. of COVID Christmases. But people were sad that we weren't coming back. And in fact, we've got a we've got a really good friend, Alec. Hello, Alec. Hi, Alec. Uh, who's given a shit at the moment. He's probably still in the anger stage, actually. <laughs> um, who say, I can't believe you're not coming back for Christmas this year. Um, but yeah, and, and then there's depression, which just works both ways. And the final one is acceptance, where I think this year we had to disclose to our family that we weren't able to come back. But for visa reasons, we're not able to leave Croatia whilst we're applying for a, for a, a digital nomad visa um, and we went back and we explained it and and i think all of them i think almost everyone just went okay fair enough apart yeah, from alec is. of course a bit too easily actually like, oh yeah no worries oh, don't worry about it it's all right we'll see you see at some point next year though right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um so i think that um that uh, austin and monica you probably i think you will probably see because I, I don't know how far you are down this journey mm. but i think you might recognize some of the, one of those five stages that people are at um, and, um, and I know that Daniel and Natalie, we've spoken to them, you know, from the Our Wayward Life podcast, um, we've spoken to them and they've had sort of similar, similar feelings, I think. So, uh, yeah. it's normal. And when I, I don't want to sound in any way, sort of like condescending by going, Oh, don't worry about it. It'll, you know, they'll get over it. But, but you know, if, if you are less than 10 years, which I don't know how long you are, but if you are less than 10 years, then our experience is that sort of year eight, they're sort of like just... <laughs> <laughs> if you're 12 months and you got about six or seven years yeah you got six or seven years of it but it's also kind of like leanne said it's kind of nice because yeah, people asking you that is really them saying i miss you it is that's exactly what they're saying translate any question people are asking you translation i miss you when are you coming home and leanne always says this and she leanne is one of the wisest people when it comes to people one of the wisest people because she says that what people say is more about them than it is about you. And I think that's such an important thing to remember is that the questions you get asked, the um, supposition, that's the wrong word, um, the presumption you get about your life, you know, I'll guess you're on holiday, is probably more about them going, I wish I lived in split Croatia when it was sunny nine, nine, nine months of the year and beer was 
two euros and you know. Or I wish things were like how they used to be. That's a good when point. When I could just pop around for a cup of tea and see how you're going and we'd meet for coffee or a drink after work. I, and, you know, and you know, I think I'm, I'm sure you guys will miss those interactions too. I know we still do and that doesn't go away. I think it's, um, I think it's just part of it. And I wouldn't put too much pressure on yourself if you're, you're still trying to figure out a way to articulate it. It's really, really hard. And I'm not sure we ever got to a point of being able to articulate it beyond it's an adventure. We wanted to try something new. We can, why not? I'm not sure you ever get to a point where you can't articulate it perfectly. So someone goes, okay, <laughs> because they miss you. They wonder, or they're intrigued. They're curious how you make it work. Maybe they're thinking about doing it. And maybe just take the pressure off yourselves to come up with that perfect answer because it's so hard to do and you never really truly understand the other person's motives for asking that question. But I would always, 99% of the time, imagine it comes from a place of love and a place of kindness and people are just missing you and missing you being in their lives. Really, really good point. And the other thing to consider is that everything's just become so fluid. Um, we were like, if you'd asked us six weeks ago, we'd be like, yeah, yeah, we're going to be in, we're going to be in split for 12, 14 months. Mm. Now it's like we'll be in split for seven months. And in fact, we went out, we went out to Christmas market in split today. Um, not the same as in some of the colder places, but it was still pretty cool. Um, and uh, we were sitting there and we were like, oh, okay, so maybe we should leave on the 1st of June and then we should go to Italy. And we were literally sitting there going, now, if we did leave, would we go to Italy, Bosnia or Port- or Portugal? <laughs> There's probably like 3,000 kilometres between Portugal and Bosnia. But we're like, yeah, which one should we go to? I don't know. Or maybe we'll go to Italy. Oh, well, I'll just leave it as Italy. So one of the massive advantages and also massive disadvantages of this kind of transient lifestyle is that, A, you have the advantages that you've got the opportunity to go, I don't know where I'm going to be in six months' time. I don't know massive disadvantage of that is that I don't know where I'm going to be in six months. And the kind of knock-on for your friends and family is that they say to you, particularly parents or slightly older generation who just can't wrap their heads around this this situation, that you say, oh yeah, I think we're going to go to Portugal. And then after three months, you change your mind. You go, I'm not going to Portugal, I'm going to Croatia. And for you, it's just like, oh, it's just a slight change. It's a slight deviation. Whereas for other people, they're like, hang on a minute, I thought you were going to Portugal. Why are you now going to be ending up in Croatia? And you're not in Croatia anymore. You're going to be in Italy, for example. So I think Mm -hmm. there is a difficulty of getting your head around it, which is fair enough. It is. And I think I think as well the trouble with that is that when people ask where, where you are and where you're going to be, you know, you, you always hope that they're asking that question because apart from thinking, well, can we make it work? Can we come and see you somewhere? And I think that's definitely true of since we've started nomading, we see people a lot less. Like when we had a fixed base in Spain, we'd get visitors all the time. But mm-hmm. I'd say from like May until September every month. Either somebody would be in Spain nearby and we'd go and see them or someone was coming over to stay with us. I think you have a fixed base, particularly if you're in Europe and your family and friends are in Europe. Mm-hmm. I know that States is a different beast because it's so huge and it's so far away. But yeah, it is, you get to see people more and, and yeah, it is, it is tricky when you're nomading. And I think as well there's... And I, do you know what's funny? I don't want it to sound like we're, we're preaching Austin and Monica because we don't have all the answers. Like I said, we still can't articulate why it is we live the life we do 10 years on. And I'm sure there is somebody listening who nomaded for five or six years and then got a set base. And I was like, oh my God, guys, it's amazing. Everything you're talking about just goes away because this happens, that happens. And 
And I think that's, you know, why you have a podcast, why we have a podcast, why we like to connect with people and have guests on the podcast because we learn all these things from different people yeah. who are kind of those steps ahead of us. And I think the only thing or the thing that I'd mention, I'm sure it doesn't apply to you, but particularly what we probably what we saw more is expats in Spain, especially, is this pressure on people to try and make it work. Because if they go home, when they're getting all these questions, well, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? It's almost feels like a bit of a failure or a bit like it didn't it didn't work yeah, out. Particularly in the first few years. Yeah. And I think I think that's the thing, you know, there's so many people, especially if you're an expat and if you're listening, I'm sure you've seen it, you know, people come and people go, and usually it's like a an eighteen month itch. If they can't make it work by that point, they go back. Mm-hmm. And I think there's no there's no problem with that. You know, the fact is, don't dwell on the point that that you decided to go back to your home country. Dwell on the point that you had a 12-month, 18-month incredible adventure. Mm-hmm. And it'll come to an end when it naturally comes to an end, either for a decision you make or a circumstance that happens. Um, I think there might be a danger of people maybe hanging on a bit too long and trying to make it work. And the reality is if it stops working, it's like any situation, you're in a job you don't like, you choose to leave it. Mm-hmm. If you're in there six months, you might be thinking, oh God, people are going to think I'm a right loser because I've only been here for six months. No, well, reframe it. So if you go to live in Italy, for example, or Spain for six months and you hate it, then reframe it and add that to your blog, CV, whatever it is you're going to add it to saying, um, I moved abroad, I moved to paradise and I came back after six months and these are the reasons why. You know, it makes an interesting story. So I think that gone are the days where, as my parents used to say, you can't have a gap in your CV. Oh, long gone. Yeah, long gone. So don't worry about gaps in your life CV, a resume for anyone from North America or Australia. Don't don't worry about gaps. Gaps are interesting. Gaps what's, is what sets you aside. Or oh, gaps is what makes the gap between you and everyone else. Oh, check that out. Nice. See, I should be in marketing. Okay, <laughs> so I feel like <laughs> I feel like last night we gave you three minutes of we podcast. We rambling. And now we're giving you 25, 26 minutes of oh, podcast. Oh, that makes up the three. So I think that on average, the podcast is going to be probably 15 minutes over the past two days. I <laughs> uh, just want to give a shout out to the Austin Monaco. We've never met them, never even spoke to them via, apart from the exchanging digital, uh, exchanging digital messages. How old am I? <laughs> Fucking boomer here. Uh, we, we spoke to them on Tinternet. Um, I didn't know how it worked. I just spoke into phone and it came up with their phone. Um, so... Um, <laughs> but um yeah go and have a listen listen to their their podcast profitable nomad couple podcast search for it there or just go to austinandmonica.com austin a n d monica.com or nathanandteresa.biz if you want to be me and completely get the name wrong and i think if if you're listening austin and monica if we haven't put you off already by getting your names wrong continuously you very didn't, sorry I did. Alison is in his mid forties. You have to understand <laughs> his memory is not what it used to be. Twenty five years of drinking. The reason we still travel is because he doesn't know where he is. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to loop our way back to the UK for six years now. <laughs> what century is this? <laughs> anyway, you were really saying something nice. I think I was. I say, if you're listening, I think you'd be a great guest on the podcast. We'd love to talk to you. Here is your very public invitation. You're going to have to say yes now, otherwise it's very embarrassing for us. Um, so yeah, if you're listening, you're up for it. We'll drop a message. As well, we'd love to have you on. Absolutely. And you hear what this noise is? 
That's post-it notes, which I will write your names on and stick them on my computer <laughs> so I get them I right. You were like, do you hear this? Dollar, dollar. <laughs> we'll pay you for an appearance. Like, no, will... this is post-it notes. <laughs> just so I can remember your name. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just coughed right into the microphone there. Just to be clear, we will not be paying you for your appearance. It'll be just out of love. But uh, who knows? We could be the best of friends or we could argue on air, which will make a great on air. Who am I? We could argue on who our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Another question you ask yourself feel, quite frequently. Uh, sometimes I pretend I'm on NPR. What's NPR? NPR is National Public Radio, I think it is an American thing. Ah. It's, where, it's where all of the all of the um, all of the the, the 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 broadcasters go. Hello, welcome to NPR. Today we're talking to a man who fell down a hole. You've fallen down a hole. Oh, twice, once in Belgrade and once in Bali. Different. Bali story. was a very big hole as well. Well, there was two holes in Bali. There was a hole that I fell into and then there was the hole in my pants, <laughs> which I was naked underneath. And I walked back with the uh, with the uh, the traffic headlights dancing off my dangling testicles. Anyway, that's again another story for another day. <laughs> we will see you all tomorrow for another Podmas. You probably were hoping it's going to be shorter tomorrow. It probably will be. Um, Monday, and um, yeah. yeah, Monday. Oh, a long, long working day tomorrow. So yeah, probably just going to be like, hi guys, um, nothing happened. Al didn't know where he was. Okay, so we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye bye.